if if one of if I make Dear Moon Mission, if I make it on the crew, because I did do the step two. If I make it, I want you two guys to walk us through the crisis. That's my. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in my contract. We'll be the Capcoms. <laughs> I'll put that in my contract and be like, okay, see that button with the circle on it. <laughs> Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general and beer. I don't have anything to crack. I was going to say, where is oh, the crack? That should, was the, should, I, should um, I do the big one now? Yeah, you can do the big one. Let's do it. We've let's never ahead, done that. Yeah, yeah. So just go ahead and just crack it. This ever, is, ever since they released this can on their Instagram, mm-hmm. I've been just like, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on that. And we have it. The step. The and step now you so, do. Yes. For episode 43. Yes. <clears throat> all right. Happy spring. We are excited to share with you our second ca- cosmic collaboration of the year. Brewed with Mary and Wilf Kemper at Chuckanut Brewery, this Vienna lager has been hit with uh, has been a hit with our staff so far, and we think it's a delightful springtime brew. We hope you'll pop it pop in our virtual I'm I'm just Well, we'll hope that you pop lock up. and drop it. Yeah. <laughs> we hope <laughs> yeah. All right. Take two. <laughs> We hope you'll pop in our virtual brewery release party with John Harris and Will and Mary Kemper on April 1st from 530 to 6. Ah, damn, we missed that one too. It is uh, April 10th, so, sorry, 9th, April 9th. So we we missed the live look-in, but um, Ecliptic was kind kind enough to send us this one. And as Nathan just alluded to, this is one of the coolest cans they've done. I mean, it's it's their classic cosmic collaboration style but with a, just a really clean look, I think. Yeah. It looks tasty. Why don't we crack it up and uh, and see? Just admiring what the we got can. here. Sorry. Mm. While you're pouring it, Nathan, <clears throat> I'm going to look up where Chuckanut Brewing is. Chuckanut. Looks good. But I haven't... It's a little uh, darker than I thought it yeah, would be. Yeah, it, it looks a little bit darker, yeah. Chuckanut Brewery and Kitchen is located in Bellingham. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, we got an overflow here. I got it, guys. Don't worry. It's all right. I'm good for... <laughs> hey, it landed on one the One every three episodes, it, I'll, I'll uh, overfill. It landed on the coaster, and it looks like a commercial. It looks beautiful. Um, Chuckanut Brewery is located in Bellingham, Washington. Washington State. So they are fellow Pacific Northwesters uh, who have now collaborated with Ecliptic in Portland, uh, Portland Oregon, of course. Where is Bellington? I don't know. I, or is that what I... Was is that it, it Bellington or Bellingham? Oh. Um, I can't remember what I just said. Chuckanut Brewery. Let me look it up. Here. Okay, Bellingham. Yeah, so Bellingham. Bellingham, Washington is in the... What quadrant of Washington State? Um, pretty far northwest up there. About as more northwest as you can get until you're in Canada. Oh, yeah. It's Check like that. north of Seattle. Yeah. yeah, it's like the closest... Canada, eh? It says a brew pub serving locavore American fare. Yeah. Hmm. That's like interesting. It's closer to Vancouver than it is Seattle. Oh, big time. Yeah, that's uh you're almost getting into Canada. Eh? Eh. But uh oh. cheers to Colette, cheers. Uh, cheers. and John Harris at Ecliptic and the rest of the team there and the team at Chuckanut. Yeah, thank you very much. 
Oh, very good. <clears throat> a lot more flavorful than I was expecting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You usually think of a lager as pretty, like, bland. I don't want to, maybe bland. Yeah, like, but this is yeah, more like of a, a pilsner. It has a character to it that uh, is really nice. And it's light yeah, and easy very drinking. Good. Lager, yeah. <clears throat> What's the ABV on this bad boy? I'm not seeing it. Oh, 4.8. Okay. We're safe. We're safe. It's like a little bit heavier We're still in the lager. friend zone. Yeah, like a heavy kind of lager thing. It's it's not like a super, super light beer for, you know, just chugging, but it's a good all-day beer, you know. Very good. Very good. Yeah, as far as lagers go, this is uh, one of the more charismatic ones I've had. It just has a little bit more flavor, a little bit more depth to it yeah. as far as the flavors than you'd expect from a normal lager. Yeah. Like this lager I'm drinking here, Coors Light, as my sipper. It, it would... Like based on the taste, I would think it's probably six and a half percent. Yeah, yeah, not yep. not four point eight. Yeah, really good. Kudos to them. So yeah, big uh, cosmic collaboration. I think this is their third for the year. Third, I believe we've had the first two. Um, I think in actually the last two no, months, the, the last two episodes. On the here it was the second. <clears throat> Did yeah, it? Second. <clears throat> oh, the second. Okay. Yeah. So maybe the other one we had was a uh, 2020. Yeah. Version, but we had the cold IPA. That was one with the eyeballs and the in the helmets in episode 42 and here we are episode 43 what's new 43 <clears throat> man it's getting warmer that's new yeah yeah been going outside for some bike rides instead of just inside so that's pretty new always good always yeah. a nice feeling it yeah we've turned the corner there is more good days than there are bad now not the opposite way around yeah this week has been pretty rainy but it's been overall warm and uh you know sometimes the rain is nice in the springtime gives you that yeah. feeling that things are growing again and getting green and um that's a good thing moving forward towards the summer that's the goal beautiful that's the goal but nathan you had about you had a little bout of the uh little bug like last week <laughs> yes yeah you had a little <laughs> bug in you and uh and yeah. so you were a little down for the count last week might have not been a good yeah that's why the 4.8 hit me a little bit more um yeah we, we we had a little bout of uh tummy bug over at the williams household that was not good but i knew i was i knew i was back on the road to recovery when i, I think two days after it hit me i was like yeah i think i could go for too hard tonight <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> just and have I a got, liquid, just have I, another liquid shit. Why not? You, you've had about ten. I text you guys that night. I was like, yeah. I'm a third the way through a two hundred, and I'm tipsy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those will get you done, even when you're um, up and at them. And so, if you're down for the count with a with the stomach flu, those will that's smack a, you. Yeah, that's a really good way to introduce your body back into beer. <laughs> just, just I'm just gonna go just straight start to two hearted. Kicking the shit out of it again. Just go straight to two hearted. Non-filtered, just boom. Yeah, no filtered. Yeah. You know, let your your recovering body filter this one. <laughs> I mean, I might have possibly been like, all right, maybe I'll have like coarse light, but straight to two-hearted. Yeah, I mean. Roll tide. Put some hay on your beans. Dag nub it. It does. But yeah, the warmer weather is good. And then uh, we're, we're on a fairly quick turnaround for episodes. You know, we always try to... It always kind of ends end, ends up being random in in the month uh, as to when we record. But this one's earlier um, next weekend and the weekend after. I'll be up north, the first with um, just with my siblings. We're just gonna do like a little weekend at the cabin, and then the, the weekend after is actually at the cabin as well. This is up in Kalkaska, Michigan, um, kind of southeast of Traverse City. We're doing like a work weekend, 
oh, like, yeah? all the dudes that um, kind of helped maintain it were going up there and cutting down trees and mowing grass. Oh nice. yeah, are you gonna plant new trees though? We are, yeah. yeah, yeah, because so that area, um, if you're if you're at all for familiar with the um, northwest side of the state of Michigan, it's very sandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we all know from racing ice, man. Your your drivetrain after is just ground down to nothing after the sand. But historically, um, the trees that grow best there are jack pines. Really, mm-hmm. really kind of cool trees when they're young, and they actually are. Um, there's a type of warbler bird that only nests in these trees. Like on, that's the only place in the entire world. Hmm. But then when they get older, they they actually they just start dying like way quicker than a normal pine would, and they they just get all ugly and. It looks like something out of like a like a Halloween cartoon or something like real yeah. scraggly and br- break easily and there's branches everywhere. So my uh, my uncle has decided that he's gonna chop down quite a few and plant them with like nice pines, white nice. pines, red pines. Cool. So we'll be up there uh, the tail half of this month doing a work weekend, which is gonna be good. And then uh, and then soon we'll be in May. So so it kind of just happened to fall a little earlier. April 9th, we're recording here. So yeah yeah. Well hey. Better to uh, start the month off good. We just got done with um, our bowling league too. That's that's news. Eclipse mm-hmm. on tap. We actually we have to announce we were uh, second to last. <laughs> we were so, but we, we, we were uh, we actually had a good fight. Actually, I think overall we were better in uh, in in, in this average. season yeah. in overall like in our average. But uh, we you know we just wrapped that up last week. So yeah, it is a handicap league. So the really you set your handicap early on and it is dynamic. Um, and it changes week to week, but it seems like the first week, if you were to bowl pretty poorly and your handicap is high, it's going to stay pretty high. Set the bar low. Yeah. Yeah. We all bowled very well on the first week. And so our handicaps started out low. So weeks two and three and four and five were a bunch of losses just, you know, and then, um, but yeah, like you said, David, I think the averages were actually like markedly better. Overall, we played, I think like good, like. A couple nights you'd have a crappy night, then yeah. a couple nights I'd have a crappy night. But yep. you overall, guys started think, this back in like September, didn't you? Yeah, it's yeah, twenty so, weeks. So, yeah. so it's ten weeks on September through Thanksgiving, and then uh, you, Chris, so you basically do this outside of Grattan. Yeah, you're bowling though. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. But so, then yeah, uh, Christmas and New Year's are off, and then it picks back up uh, right after the New Year. Damn, it's a lot of fun though. I mean, it's it's it is long, but like you. Uh, I mean, last week was the, not actually the, I guess it was like the official ceremony ending of it, of the league. Uh, the award ceremony. It was the award ceremony. So we, uh, th- we didn't even actually bowl, but, um, what we did, but it wasn't for competition. It was, it was just for, for leisure. Fun. For leisure. So, but we, uh, we did that. That just wrapped up, um, you know, thanks to our sponsors at Eclipse on Tap for uh, supporting the, the team throughout the year. <laughs> the habit. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and shout out to Wenger's Bowling. I mean, Tyler uh, Ladwig, the owner of Wenger's Bowling, I know he uh, he likes our page on, on Facebook and he's liked a few of our posts. So big shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool bowling alley. It's real old school, like 20s or 30s style. Eight lanes on t- uh, bottom, eight lanes on top. And he, he does a really nice job there. So yep. it's a good good spot to host the, the league. And although, yeah, on the award ceremony, we did not win a single award. Uh, and we did take second to last. We still came home with some pay. We, we did. We won, we won some cash. <laughs> 35 bucks. 35 bitch. bucks each. <laughs> 35 bucks each. Not as good as we, beer. Yeah. Well, not as good as we have done. I mean. Yeah, last year. The year before, it, we won. Yeah, we, we, uh, we raked it in last year, but. Yeah, we were also like again. It was like a reverse type situation where we actually had 
a uh, a pretty large handicap because we weren't good at all, and it was like the first year that we had uh, the four <clears throat> the current team members on the same team. We had took a while to uh, to uh, <clears throat> definitely get in the swing of things last year, but and especially we had the break and all that because of the the whole situation with uh, the virus and all that kind of stuff yeah. too. So yeah, it definitely was a, a hitch in the normal flow of the league. So. But yeah, that was fun. And you know, it's one of those things too. You're 20 weeks in and as you alluded to, Nathan, it, that's a long time. And so you kind of are you're excited it's over a little bit. Yeah. You know, not in a way like you you miss it, but it's it's a lot at the same time. Right. Well, it's like Gratton for us. Yeah, you the, end, the of end, Gratton. end of the season then I don't know, I always look forward to that last night cuz we always hand out the Natty Daddy Prem and it's yep. just, yeah. it's like a yeah. There's something yeah, ceremonial about it in a way. Um and, and yeah, it's it's been you know Grattan is what 16, 16 or eighteen 16 weeks? yeah so three yeah. months uh, worth of four four months worth of uh, so Wednesday night ride yeah. so at the end that's of it all a lot of beer afterwards well, yeah. yeah it's it's the it's the longest uh, Grand Tour we have in Michigan it's a uh, it's a long long haul you got to be in it for the long haul that's, you could argue it's the longest Grand Tour in the world yeah I mean you could argue that <laughs> four months you know it's a marathon out there you got to. You know, buckle them up and uh, <laughs> you hear that, Cosby? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right, man. I mean, uh, it's dog eat dog out there the last couple of years. But uh, last year was the first year we we actually uh, represented uh, the current the current team layout mm-hmm. with Eclipse on tap. But that was actually that was where we unveiled our kit, I believe. That was the first public unveiling was at yeah. Grattan. Um and we'll have our, our new kick. Boy, did it soon. get the chatter. <laughs> yeah, it did. A lot of people talking about it, which was good. That's that was that was part of the goal. I mean yeah. kind of shake things up the a little bit. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. What the hell are those guys doing? Um and the new kit should be coming coming very soon, I believe, right? Yeah, I emailed them this week. No word back. <clears throat> so. mm. Soon enough though. I mean, I think we still it'll come before Grattan. First Wednesday in May, I would assume. Hopefully. Hope, Please, hope, Gary. Hope. Please, Gary. Does it does does he ship it? Does it get shipped back via air, or does it get put on a ship? Mm, I think he goes DHL. I think they actually like put a lot of that stuff on actual passenger planes, uh-huh. especially during COVID. That's how airlines were making money. Is oh yeah, oh, yeah. they they weren't selling mm-hmm. any of the seats, but they could haul cargo. So yeah. they load up their cargo bins with cargo. I was going to say that. I, I would assume he it just gets shipped over via air. I don't. I doubt, would doubt they would use a ship and all that. But right. For a small, I think it goes DHL though. Yeah, yeah. A lot of time, I feel like a lot of times stuff from like in Europe and Asia does come DHL. Yeah, like if you order something random like on international, yeah, yeah, you're most likely to get it from them. Yeah, yeah, and and they do take longer for sure. So, but I'm hoping that you know soon enough here we'll <laughs> we'll be in our um, our new kits, fresh, ready to go for Grattan. That's gonna be a good time. A new one piece. It's <laughs> we have new, we have new one piece suits. <laughs> We're gonna be rocking out here. But uh, we no, will be. We'll look good at Grattan this year. <laughs> Beer tummies hanging yeah. out. We'll look good, especially if we have somebody win one week too. Yeah. Next week we'll look really good, but yeah. we won't reveal that quite yet. We have. I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure you've already revealed it a couple <laughs> times. But if you're just listening now and you're a first time listener, we won't reveal it. Right. <laughs> Not like you can go back or anything. Um. But uh, yeah, moving forward into Grattan season is always fun. Good times. Yeah. And um, summertime. Good time for the dark sky too. I mean, that's one thing that in the spring you don't really get any yeah. of. I mean, you're it's pretty rainy, pretty we've cloudy. Had, we've had some really good um, 
sunrises, moon sets mm-hmm. happening lately. Yeah. yeah, big time. There was that one day I was driving. When I re- drive to work, it's straight east, and so the sun is coming up, and it looked like a scene from Lion King or something. I yeah. I sent a photo. It was insane, it, and it wasn't bright to your eyes. Yeah. It, you could stare right at it, no issues. You've got mm. a lot... Well, is that right? Right now, you've got a lot more... You're looking through a lot more atmosphere to see it mm-hmm. because of the angle we're at. Yeah, yeah, especially at that angle get, coming up uh, from just over the horizon. Right. Yeah, then as we get more into the summertime, it's not, it's it's much more pronounced. Yeah. Yep, so the, the dark skies have been few and far between now, but they'll surely increase, and and that'll be a, a really good thing. I think taking the telescope out is something that I've missed doing. Um, you know, we you can do it in the winter. You can do it any time, if, especially if you're hardcore. Uh, sometimes the winter is the absolute best dark skies because the there's no clouds at night, yeah, really, that and almost like that. ever. Well, I was just about to say, like a couple weeks ago or so, I uh, just I think we we had met up at uh, the Beer City. I think everybody did or something like that. And I was on my way home, got home and parked, and I was like, "Wow, it's." I mean, even for this time of year, that I mean, and it was pretty early on in the in the evening too. Just the uh, how clear it was, like as far as like no light pollution goes. Mm-hmm. Just not there wasn't that usual haze that you get um low humidity yeah and it was the humidity that i text my dad and he's like yeah it's probably the the humidity level is pretty low so you can see a little bit more but just you know the the middle of the winter like that when it's you know minus two right that's that's why it's so crisp out and obviously there's going to be no clouds when it's that cold but yeah pretty cool lately some good stuff to see so yeah yeah definitely and while we're talking while we're kind of um migrating into space we were talking before the podcast definitely have to uh, chat about this one uh, the, the passing of glenn lenny um 84 years old passed away on march 19th he was a, a nasa engineer who worked his way up to flight director during gemini and apollo and was best known for his apollo 11 um on the ground of course directing um apollo 11 endeavors but also the apollo working through with the astronauts on how to get through the apollo 13 crisis um, definitely a big loss for the space community. I mean, he was, he was 84 years old, but it's still, it's, it's like what we were saying, you know, when an astronaut from that era, uh, passes away, it just feels like something you yeah. just kind of, you've lost a little something, you know? And you, you talk, I mean, we've talked on many episodes about like the, the calmness, the tranquility you need in order to be a, a astronaut on the shuttle. But equally as important as the guy on the ground talking to you and oh for you know, sure yeah. especially <laughs> in an apollo 13 crisis like you said you know if the guy on the ground's going a little panicky you and the shuttle are going to go panicky so that 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 is a position that yeah you gotta yeah. have nerves of steel you gotta be now gm <clears throat> we're gonna need you to uh take the flight plan and rip the cover <laughs> off <laughs> yeah Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, he was uh, that, was, I think, was he that guy that was walking him through the whole Yeah. So, yeah. so I was going to, so the little blurb here, this is um, just on Wikipedia. During the Apollo 13 crisis, Glenn Lunny played a key role coming on shift an hour after the oxygen take explosion. Hmm. That's a shitty way to start your shift. <laughs> yeah. You hop into you're the, jumping uh, right into a you're like, oh, potential man. catastrophe. Yeah. But the, that of course, Got put a little the, situation uh, here. <laughs> yeah. The guy passing off the <laughs> yeah, headset is yeah. like, Hey, uh, here here's you go. what happened on my shift. Go ahead. <laughs> here you go, Glenn. Um, or actually I think it's, let's see here. It's 
pronounced Glenn, I think. I don't know. Glenn, Glenn. I should probably know that. But um, so in the Apollo 13 crisis, he essentially was the one that, you know, faced this unprecedented challenge. It says of having to power up the lunar module on an extremely tight timeline while transferring guidance and navigation data to it from the dying command module. They talk about uh-huh. that in the movie. <clears throat> so that was... The, that's a great scene in the movie, actually, the Apollo 13 movie with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. That's a great scene, that whole sequence, when they're going through the whole, you know, moving everything into the limb, yeah. getting that powered up. And they only had, shoot, they had like 15 minutes maybe, or not even that, not even close <clears throat> no, they to they were that. hustling. It and was, it takes yeah. by, like, it, it actually took, I think, in the movie, at least this is what they say. I don't know if this is fact, but it most likely is, but it took maybe like a couple hours to even power up the limb under normal mm. circumstances. Yeah. So they only right. had 15 minutes. It's pretty crazy. That'd yeah. be a high stress situation to, to be walking everybody through that, you know? Yeah. Cause if you, you they have all sorts of contingency plans on the ground, but there's probably still certain things. I mean, you're, you're going into space headed to the moon. Um, you know, they had done it before, of course, with Apollo 11 in Apollo 8 doing the, the yo-yo around the moon. They've gone that far, but in any case, there's always things that could happen. And in this case, obviously, oxygen take explosion kind of set things in a bit of a spiral, so to speak. And it says his excellent memory and quick thinking were critical in the success of his team during these ensuing hours. Ken Mattingly, uh, the astronaut who who had bump, been bumped from the Apollo 13 crew due, due to his exposure from ger- to German measles, later called Lunny's performance the most magnificent display of personal leadership I have ever seen. Hmm. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just kind of running through that situation in my mind. Like, what would I do it, if I was in those shoes? It'd be like, yeah. <laughs> you have three minutes. Three Give me some wet wipes. You got, you have, this over a minute. You got less than 15 minutes of uh, power in the actual command module. And you need, need to power up the lunar module. And you're walking these guys through something yeah. that usually takes a couple hours to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And and you're, you're just, you're recognizing at that point. Um, I in, wonder if they, uh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I was just going to say like in the, in this, in the position that you've been placed um, rightfully so, I'm sure. I'm sure he was, you know, well merited um, with getting his way up to that point where he's talking to these guys. But at that point, you're the one. You're the only one talking to him. Or I'm sure, you know, there's others, but you're the main direction there. And so their lives are are really in your hands. So you have that to, to factor in. You know, it'd be stressful if it was just um, trying to recover a craft that that was manless. But now you throw in three human lives. Um, just an insane level of stress. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, that that comment from Ken Mattingly it, it rings true. I mean, it says right after the Apollo 13 splashdown, um, in addition to the astronauts, he was also awarded a Presidential Medal of Freedom for his uh, his valiant efforts to recover that crew. And that yeah, that situation was could have been a lot worse. If if one of if I make dear moon mission, if I make it on the crew, because I did do the step two. If I make it. I want you two guys to walk us through the crisis. That's my. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in my contract. We'll be the Capcoms. I'll put that in my contract and be like, okay, see that button with the circle on it? Press that You're one. Gonna, <laughs> but that would be kind of cool. Like you write that in your contract, like or like in your stipulations. If I get picked for this, I have to pick whoever I want on my Capcom. Mm-hmm. If yeah. there's a crisis, yeah, that'd be cool. I did play Capcom on that. Hey, Devo. Hey, Devo. All right, reach in your pocket. Okay. 
I did play Capcom at Space Camp. Do you have anything that Lest will we forget. dull the pain, Dave? Because you're going to need it. <laughs> Find something. A beer, anything. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Just to put, yeah. put yourself in those shoes. Man. And, and he had, of course, a lot of other experience with Apollo and Gemini. Uh, he was involved in the Apollo Soyuz, those missions. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. The thing cool. I was going to bring up earlier, though, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Matt. No, you're, yeah, you're good. Um, was, you know, they run through all of these systems. Like you said, it normally to power up the lamb, it's an hour, hour and a half, two hours, you know, and launch sequences are very like methodical. Like they run through them very intentionally. Do they have, I wonder if they train for that kind of situation. Where like, all right, now everything that we go through very methodically over an hour, you have to do in 15 minutes as a drill. Like, you know, for situations like that, I like, I think that they would prepare for any kind of situation that could come up. So they would probably train for like, all right, this is the speed drill. You got to do it within 10 minutes, even though it's usually an hour long procedure, you know, the sequence to hit, you know, like you got to get the hell out of there. It'd almost be like a, uh, you know, you're, you're developing like a tornado her or wherever you let me hurricane contingency plan for like a building mm-hmm. and you spend all these hours and you, weeks probably um, as a project manager or something developing this for the safety of everyone in the building and you spend all this time you draw all these maps and all this stuff and if a hurricane or a tornado comes you're ready but then you throw yourself into the shoes of okay something else has now um, kind of superseded that event and you haven't you haven't had the time to build that contingency plan. You have to build yeah. it right then and there. Well, well, like you're literally on the fly, just making stuff yeah. up, yeah. Um, with it, with the full intent of it working, of course. But yeah, that would just well. And that's a th- the thing is, is that this was a situation um, where it was a quadruple fuel cell failure, and it was a contingency that they had said that like that's just that's actually impossible unless you know like it's absolutely impossible that that's that could ever happen so in this situation i don't think in their mind that the command module could totally fail pretty much you know i i think in this situation i thought based you know based on all the stuff that i've watched and um in in red and all that kind of stuff these guys were just it wasn't even a situation they thought they'd ever be in because it, they thought it was systematically impossible for the the quadruple you know failure of all the fuel cells and all that but right yeah yeah so. it really is like a miracle i mean you want everyone i I'd assume majority of people have seen the movie um but when you really think about what was actually going on there it it's miraculous mm-hmm. that yeah. the, that they were able to recover that especially you know unfortunately what we've seen in the space endeavor, the space frontier as humans, um, over the course of time, there's been a, lo- a lot of failures, you know, in, 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 unfortunately some of which involved the loss of human life. And so this is a, it's a true miracle that they're able to make it not one of, and just another failure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The margin for error is just so small, especially given a situation like them. Yeah. It's well, anytime you travel into space, but yeah, I mean, they were especially handicapped in that they were using the LEM as their propeller. Yeah, it's, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like the... Uh, lifeboat. Yeah, yeah, like the lifeboat, or, yeah. or I, I liken the... like the, I don't I've obviously never been in the situation, but if you're, you know, 
car was stuck on like a railroad track and like here comes the train and you're like you can't get out or i don't know something weird you put yourself in these weird situations where it seems like inevitable that something really bad is going to happen and then you add that it's in space right (laughs) like you can't just jump out (laughs) no you're not just like in an area where you're familiar with you're not underwater you, trying to figure out a way not to drown or something like you know you're right. in space like you can't in, just there's no like hopping off the train no you know no. yeah you're you're stuck yeah well, and like when i when i think about like apollo 13 you know they're talking about you know if they hit at the wrong angle they're just gonna bounce off mm-hmm. and and then you're just like floating off into space into your death like <laughs> yeah the capsule like, just and you're trying to use this propeller the lem to to send you on the correct course to get you back to earth yet it's not at all designed to do that you're you're just i mean you're taking a shot in the dark either you're going to come in too steep you're going to come in too shallow somehow they got it right it's like taking the trolling motor on your boat i hope this thing gets me all the way across the lake right Mm. yeah and that that's the the crazy thing there was so many things that went into the return too i mean it, it like the angle that they returned and also like the parachutes and those yeah. could have been frozen too, you know, all and the heat or shield burned off or yeah, whatever you know. heat shield was a uh, concern too. I mean, it's just, uh, that was the last, I think the last thing that they were really concerned about was the, you know, the parachutes, well, yeah, the heat yeah, shield and all that but, explosion right below the heat shield. What'd that do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like you take every single possible thing that, um, every, every single step that would have normally been in their, in, like you said, Nathan, their methodical process on how to do things. And at every step you pretty much compromise it with, this right. weird contingency and um yeah it's it's insane so so uh, r.i.p to you uh, glenn lunny um a fantastic human being who did a lot for the space world yeah it's, thank you thank you sir yeah salute you salute, salute you sir cheers to uh cheers to him cheers um it's always a sad day when when an apollo era astronaut or a member of the apollo yeah. team passes well like we've uh we've mentioned before i mean there aren't too many of them left, you know. We gotta obviously uh, appreciate and cherish them until uh, they're they're all gone. I mean, because once we once those guys are gone, I mean that that's the real last deep space travelers that you know and the real explorers that we we have on on Earth, you know. So once those guys are gone, the stories will be secondhand, you know, from because then on, you know. So it won't be from the man, from the guy that's been there, but. No, it's going to be from Siri because yeah. <laughs> it's on the, on the SpaceX flights. It's just going to be like, Siri, what do I do in this situation? And yeah, it'll you. just tell you. Yeah. Artificial yeah. intelligence, like the Neuralink. It'll yeah. just be plugged into your head. Yeah. That tweet that, that uh, Elon posted. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, I, I like that they're taking the approach with Neuralink um, that is more medical related. You know, like they're they're looking at ways to enhance paraplegic or para- right. people who are dealing with paralysis and other helping, motor function. Yeah, helping aid their helping aid their disability or their lives. That was crazy. Um, yeah, but but it's like you know that I, I like that. That's where it's starting. I think yeah. that's a good way to introduce people to like this level of integration. Yeah. Um, because if it was just like straight to yeah being able Consumer. to yeah <laughs> like that would be I want to be a freaking genius. Yeah. It's everything's on tap. Put it in. Eclipse on tap? No, everything. Everything yeah. on tap. <laughs> um, it's just there. 
the weird the weird thing I can't really wrap my head around is the how they would integrate that with your brain. So it it's really brain, just a wire, I think. Is it like what? Do they, just stick the wire in. That's it. You're I believe good to it's. Go? I don't know. I haven't seen a diagram or whatever. But he did tweet, and this is the first time or he's something like a fiber. Or yeah, something yeah. He's he's finally starting to like introduce a little more information about it because it's been talked about for a while, but it's been a situation that's been kind of like mysterious right they have their and own twitter handle they do yeah yeah they do and um it, and so i think what he described it as was essentially you would not look any different from the outside looking in it would be this relatively non-invasive procedure mm-hmm. and it's wireless and it charges wireless whatever if it requires a charge you i don't, just I don't have know to put your details. head next to a magnet all night <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Sleep yeah. but it, it has to do something with manipulating your your neurons i'm assuming um yeah, I mean, it, it kind it, of like it, it basically completes a circuit. Or yeah, some, you know, your pillow is the charging pad. I was <laughs> <laughs> just gonna say, like that thing you set your phone on to charge it at night. It's your pillow. Yeah, there are side effects such as <laughs> diarrhea, upset stomach, <laughs> nausea, <laughs> and night sweats. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the most common is the night sweats because your head's on a freaking charger. <laughs> your head's on a charger. <laughs> So who knows what that will look like, but, but the tweet that he sent to that, like people that are paraplegic that, that actually have this uh, to improve their motor function as a result, like we'll be able to just like, what did he say? They'll be able to operate a smartphone faster than yeah. you could with your thumbs. Yeah. Right? With their head, yeah. with, your, with just with their, their head, their yeah. thought. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the crazy thing to me. And that was the one that got the most, like I was just creeping on uh, Elon's Twitter earlier today. And that was the one that got the most attention is that, yeah. that actual tweet for uh, sure for the, you know, for people that had disabilities to be able to communicate in text or whatever. Yeah. It's the like, biggest one that I, and I think it's cause like, obviously anyone, any good hearted human being wants someone that has gone through a traumatic event that, that, or, or they're brought into the world, paralyzed anything yeah. to, to have gotten them to that point. Any good, good hearted person wants them to be able to regain motor function or re- regain mental um, cognition or whatever it is. But then you say something like that. If he says like, oh, yeah, they're going to. Oh, oh, by the way, in addition to like being back to normal, they'll also be able to just like essentially have all the information they ever want in yeah. their head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it just brings it to this next level where it's almost a little scary. You know, it's like yeah. that level of like artificial intelligence almost. I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around how that's going to actually connect into your brain and be able to like work with your brain I don't know. to give you thoughts and information. I'm going that's to, that's the thing that just, I don't and, and understand. download them from, you know, the yeah. internet. Like if you don't know the answer to whatever question, like how would that you even think and it comes into your brain, you go to ask the, like one of these, someone that has Neuralink, you ask them a question and uh, you're in a place that has Wi-Fi, so they can give you the answer. But then you're out in the field, and they're like, sorry, <laughs> I can't get it to you. <laughs> I only have one bar right now. <laughs> uh, you're asking me You're asking me this question. I just I can't give it to you right now. <laughs> um, but I just, I just searched Neuralink uh, diagram. I'm curious to see what it looks like. But yeah, it, it's essentially, it looks kind of like a, it looks like a medical Im- implant that goes kind of behind your ear in the side of your skull and then it just has these nodes that run out just like that and i'm assuming those are kind of it kind of looks like a cochlear implant yeah it does well how like i that's the thing is i just don't understand how they would even interact with your brain and your brain would like 
recept with it like well so that I, i'm assuming so it's like that little implant that's the processing power right yeah. that's the computer and then somehow they must have been able to develop uh, a way to learn about the signals of the brain and how they interact with our daily lives so much that now they can replicate that and they can yeah. actually communicate with that the brain. That is creepy. Um, it is a step. He's got to be an alien. There's no way he's not an alien. <laughs> he's just, he's he just basically, he admitted it. it uh, blah, 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 blah. He admitted to it at, uh, at the last time he was on Rogan. What's that? That he was an alien. Oh yeah. Oh, he, really? I think yeah, he, did, he's he, like, he yeah. like jokingly said something or. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I'm an alien. Yeah. And then he said something uh, recently. What if he too? actually is? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he's a different level thinker than the average person. He, like, not only is he like book smart, but he's just, he functionally thinks at a different, more complex level. Like I don't, I yeah. would never walk around during the day thinking about like ways to create tunnels under like major metropolitan areas. Yeah. You know, it's and like, he strikes this balance too with, um, with the exception of Neuralink, I think Neuralink, Neuralink is the, one of the first things he's done where it's like, oh, this is crazy. Like this is, there's really cool aspects, but it's also kind of scary. But everything else that he's done, like he's, like you say, he's such an advanced thinker, but then he does it and you look back at it and you're like, wait, that may actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, like he strikes that balance. Um, but I kind of wonder if, what it would have been like to be alive when like Thomas, Thomas Edison inv- invented the light bulb. Like I'm sure people thought that kind of the same thing about, people like him or Nikola Tesla or yeah. these folks that like, can you imagine being the guy that like figured out what electricity was? People will probably, I mean, I'm sure they thought he was insane. Like <laughs> here, here's a, here's another ben, good question. Ben Franklin. Well, Ben Franklin had the, the key, the, the, yeah, electricity kind of coming down and giving him quite a shock from yeah. lightning. Yeah. But Nikola Tesla was the one that discovered electricity, figured out how to like harness electricity okay. and like actually hmm. utilize it. Yeah. Um, in, yeah that the, you're, you're someone you're trying to pitch it to somebody you're like yeah there's there's these these like magical things that are running running through well, these <laughs> it's like that that little spoof that i sent you guys about what is bitcoin yeah. and it's yeah. like it's medieval times or whatever and this guy's got like his little farm stand out and he's you know selling whatever he's got on his farm and then like pigs and whatever else and this guy comes up and tries to offer him gold for it and the, and the farmer's like <laughs> That's no fucking good to me. What, what What am I? What I can't milk gold. I can't. Yeah, he's yeah. like I, I only does accept it lay eggs. Does it? Yeah, like it's only a barter system at that point. Yeah, in the in the video, he's like I only accept chickens. Like, yeah. I don't know what this is you're showing me, but yeah. it's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does me no good. It's just a shiny piece of metal, which is kind of weird. You think back to those days, like in in that era of humanity, currency was something that is actually yeah, something was, that could extend my life. Like yeah. a cow that I can milk or like clothing that can keep me warm. And, but now it's just like, what does it actually do? It gets yeah. you, I guess it's, it's just a, like a layer. We're getting into POFU territory. Yeah, we it? are. Can I kill it? Yeah. I need to milk it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh, I'm dry. I am yeah. also dry. And uh, is that, I think we're empty on the can too, right? We are. We are. We do have another one um, before we break but yeah kudos to ecliptic for sending that one it was great thank you um but we have another one in the second half and i actually don't even know who it's from as far as a brewer is concerned but it had a really cool label and so i just bought it on a whim so we'll uh, feature that one in the second half and be back That's with a you tease it's called yeah. coors light yeah it's called <laughs> coors light <laughs> i wasn't sure what it was and 
Um, but we'll be back with you in uh, just a few for the second half. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back from the break, episode 43. Welcome back. We got into jet propulsion discussion. We did. Off air. We did. We got some interesting discussion, too, about aliens in yes, the second we did. half. We did. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're uh, excited to bring that to you. But in the meantime, we have a very alien-themed beer. UFO and its tractor beam below sucking up a human being. And in the background, there's another UFO sucking up a uh, guitar, it looks like. And then a cow as well. This is from Single Cut Brew, sorry, Single Cut mm-hmm. Beer Smiths. And it is called. Went down to the local market for that, didn't you? I did. I got Where'd this you at Martha's? At Martha's? This is <laughs> Martha's? You go to Martha's? <laughs> you go to Martha's? No, this is from Horrocks Market. Uh, great spot if you're in Grand Rapids. You got to visit it if you've never been. You can get a beer there while you shop. It's yes. a farmer's market. Well, you have to sit down nowadays. Oh, you do? You but can't in walk a traditional around. non-pandemic yeah. world, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Walk in, yeah, take an IPA and then walk around and get your shopping done. You yeah, can do it's, kind of, it's kind fun. shit-faced doing that. Yeah, because yeah. the, the thing that I've found is that if, if you're ever in an environment where you normally would never be consuming alcohol yeah you're, you're like literally doing the thing that's like the polar opposite you're grocery like shopping drinking like, in church yeah yeah you're like you're <laughs> yeah. doing this task that's like fairly mundane you're just doing the this errand or whatever but then you add a beer to it because it's of like, the fact oh, all right i'll go shop with you honey yeah and just because of the fact that it's like such a spot where you would never drink you get a bigger buzz from it yeah when you're shopping like you're just like this is awesome well, plus <laughs> you usually like for me when i would go and i'd shop it's like you get something that's 8%. So, mm. you know, you're walking around, you're kind of before dinner maybe or something like that. It's yeah. easy to get a little bit buzz, little buzz going on while you're picking out your, uh, you know, lettuce and your green beans and all that for yeah. the night. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's a, it's a great spot. We actually, Julia, uh, my wife and I were up there and we had a beer. Uh, you have to, you do drink it outside at their little beer garden. And, um, oh yeah, do we need sippers? Yeah, I need a sipper. We didn't get Sorry. sippers. Please hold. I'll do a sipper as well. Okay. If you don't mind. I gotta pub cleanse 39. my palate before I indulge in this. Yes, delicious pub, pub thirty nine a uh, really really serves the uh, customers well here. Go on now, get my beer with a Coors Light sipper. But it is a good point having a beer like this on the side. Um, it does kind of like clear it out for you, so that you can really truly taste. It's like a yeah. uh, wine tasting, wine sampling. But this beer is called. That'll be two fifty for those Coors Lights. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you want? Would you like to start a tab? Yes. Would you <laughs> favorite? This beer is called the Got Caught in the Spotlight Double Dry Hopped IPA. It is 6.8%, so it comes in pretty standard for an IPA. Drink ASAP in a clean, wide mouth glass. Store cold and upright, and it is unfiltered, so decant carefully like an M43. I expect this to be a little hazy. Um, yeah. I've actually had this one from Horrocks uh, previously. It's very good. Very good. Nathan is uh, demanding. 
His beer pour. Give him my beer. So this one, uh, very space-themed. We'll post a picture of, uh, of this one on the Instagram like we did the Ecliptic uh, earlier today, actually. Big shout-out to them. I love Ecliptic Brewing. Yeah, they're, the best they're basically there is. the best. Yep. This is very hazy. This one from Single Cut Beersmith. That's how you know they're fancy. They, they're, not, they're not a brewery. They're not a beer pub. They're not a bar. They're a beersmith. You wonder though, it's it's crisper than I anticipated. I like how I'm, I'm pouring this directly over our recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's just like right you, over the given the mixer. the color of it. I was expecting something a little heavier. It's pretty crisp. Don't Cheers. judge a beer by its color, Nato. No, Cheers. I didn't. Cheers. I did, I did, but I was proven wrong. Cheers to episode forty-three. Damn, we're getting old with this thing. We are well over the hill with this thing. We're coming up on 50. That's going to be a big celebration. What about episode? Think about this down the road. Wait, episode 453. So we're April. So May, May June, June, July, August, September, October, November. Ooh, it's going to be the Iceman episode. We should do it at Iceman live. We should. We should get like episode a little tent. 50. Yeah. I don't know if we could like pop it up somewhere, but like that'd be so much fun. Well, People walking get a, by. Get a parking spot. Or if Iron Mike gets a camp spot yeah we just recorded are you camper. are you doing a normal wave yeah I okay so. so you'll be done early well i'll be done early yeah we'll have the whole day we'll set up the tent <laughs> i am we'll, not a pro anymore we'll just do a live recording and then like people walking by and stuff we can like interview them that'd be so much fun. you know you know what we, should, episode. we should make it like with we the get dg yeah. on yeah and uh, with with iron mike's um camper we could do like a a banner thing over the windshield of his camper, so it's like a Hell big yeah. Eclipse on Tap podcast. Oh, Iron Mike. So yeah. we could do Eclipse on Tap listens, podcast studios, and then put a tent up and do, do live the recording. There. Yeah, we we'll have, have to our, talk to him about yeah. uh, that becoming the mobile studio. I feel like he'd be pretty enthused. The mobile yeah. pub thirty nine A. Yeah, or well, we'd um, have to call it something else. And uh, and yeah, we could we could definitely print. I can print off some banners, like legitimately. And um, yeah, because I thought about I thought that would be kind of funny. Because we can print like you know those magnets for our cars. It's exactly what I was gonna say. Like the thin magnet, we can do that. Like we can print on those. So I thought it'd be funny as hell to all drive up at the same time in a caravan. So like if we have two or three cars and we all have Eclipse on Tap stickers, like Eclipse on Tap cycling team or what? I know it would it would be so funny to like pretend that we were. I'm not even doing. I'm not even thinking in that realm, guys. I'm thinking full wrap on my car, (laughs) like the spot, like the actual team car with the moon. On the yeah. hood, yeah. Well, it would work well with my car because it's all black too. Yeah, it yeah. Could you do, could. could do the white logos and white sponsors everywhere. That it would could be, be awesome. The, the team vehicle, the team car. Yeah. So we'll, that that'll be the fiftieth episode. That'll align very very well with with Iceman. Um, I'm excited for that now. That that was yeah. that's some organic brainstorming, but it I think it's a good idea and it's very feasible. I mean, we can bring all this stuff up there, and um, if Iron Mike is on board with letting us kind of camp out by him we just basically told iron mike that that's our new team bus well i'm texting him right now i said we have a legitimate question he said go on yeah it's not like we're gonna be like staying we can stay at the cabin or we can camp or whatever but if like after we're done racing if iron he mike, can we wrap the whole team bus in eclipse on <laughs> have sponsors yeah just, for the weekend just, just for the an, weekend an entire wrap it'll be like the death star like team sky <laughs> yeah basically oh man that that's gonna be fun if if it all works out because, you know, just think about the people walking around. Like you said, Nathan, DG or some other uh, friends of ours that we don't maybe see as much, but we do see at Iceman. And it's just that, like, fun community 
that's just relaxed and everything, that'd be a blast. Here we go. That would be. What'd you say? What was your message to said, Iron Mike? Can EOT record our 50th episode from your rolling palace at Iceman? Oh, yeah. That's a great uh, way to describe it. I mean, essentially. It is basically a rolling a rolling Hilton. <laughs> a rolling hotel, basically. It is luxurious inside that thing. It is absolutely beautiful. Luxurious. Um, so, an Iron Mike uh, does ride for the Eclipse on Tap cycling team. So, this is not uh, something out of the blue for those listening. This is a this is a fellow team member. Yeah, he's all of our idol, basically. Oh, what we could do, we could do is do the um, it, when the new kit comes, do actual have Julia do like real photos of us, like posing with like smoke, like in the background, like fog. And uh, we'll we'll yeah, with, we'll with smoke in the background we'll do, for sure. We'll do flatheads or fatheads of ourselves on the side of his vehicle. <laughs> so when we show up, there's like big blown up images of us on the side of the. Oh, the we're like have our arm cr- arms crossed. Well, <laughs> this is this is where we need to get into the merch scene. We mm-hmm. should go up there with t-shirts and hats yeah. and. Absolutely. Sweat oh my God. Shirts. This is going to be Act so like much we're fun. a big fucking deal and no one gives a shit. That, yeah. that is so my <laughs> buffs. Oh, just well, buffs we could would, do cheap hats and like, just give them out. Yeah. Like yeah. little truck, like trucker yeah. hat style. Yeah. You yeah. order 200 of them or whatever. Yeah. That Eclipse would be glasses too. so much fun. And what you, what you just said, like kind of like faking it till you make it type deal. My good friend Chandler, shout out to him, fellow Eclipse on tap listener. Um, just a, uh, a fellow space enthusiast, but he and I in college, started a YouTube channel where it was kind of like a comedy act and we do like stupid m- music videos and skits and all this, sh- all this sort of stuff. And, but we always had that mentality, just fake it till you make it. Like yeah. We'd always put the extra effort into making it look good. Or like we took photos for the YouTube, like we just did stuff like that just to be, cause it was fun. Just like what we're describing here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to act like that. And then sometimes it actually works. Like yeah, it yeah. kind of starts to gain traction and at Iceman, if we did that, I would not be surprised if we actually, I don't know. Well, even like we were talking about in the first half, when we first wore the kit out at Grattan, it was like kind of a, everyone was like, well, what's that? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a cool kit. Oh, what, what's going on? I mean, secretly, most people want to be at our club now. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Yeah. But and at know. Iceman, it's such good exposure too. What are there, there's a lot of people that race that. Of all sorts of all types of uh, cyclists, not just yeah. the racing scene, but you're talking like people that get out there because they had a work challenge or something that was like, yeah, we're all going to do this. And it's the first time this guy's ever ridden a mountain bike, but he's like, oh, what's this? And he stops by and chats with us. Same and, thing with the Fondo, actually. Episode yeah. 49 would be right around the Fondo. Yeah. So that would be good, too. I mean, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And we have the ability. I feel like we're skilled enough with our setup where we could easily transport it. EOT Bef- on the road. Like before we, when we first got it, it seemed so fragile. It was like, oh, like we don't want to break. I mean, it's still fragile. I mean, it's electronic equipment, but it's not, it, it, we're skilled enough with knowing how to set everything up and like can keep it pretty compact and concise. Like we've done it enough times now with the new equipment where it could be, you could mobilize it. Oh yeah. yeah. Easily. You had easily. a power source, but would be powered by ecliptic brewing. Yeah. What's in yes. your bottle? Um, actually, <laughs> funny you ask. It's an ecliptic beer. And speaking of events, we can do the August. Actually, it's their collaboration with their friends at Cuckanut. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, what would be so fiftieth is, 50th is November. Forty ninth would be October, September. So what would be August then? 
47. So 47th episode. Um, that one, we can mobilize our full setup here and do one at, at NASCAR like we've done in the past. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but even That's when... That's a great one. Even when we had this uh, setup, David and I, we were so new to the setup that we we didn't want to bring it all to NASCAR. Right. And so in the past, we've always just used our old, like the, the OG mic. And yeah. it works fine, but to bring the full setup would be fun. It's good to have that setup because... You can have everybody roaring bonfire going. Yeah, have lights out there. Like, yep, people are walking around the campground. They see us. What I'm thinking is we'd bring our equipment and do like the first half, like just the three of us. Koozies we need for handouts. Well, we do. What we what we usually do there is just with the pop up camper. We sit Mm -hmm. in there, which is good for that little tiny mic. That's what I'm saying. Like the everybody can talk. You know, wherever they're sitting, they don't have to have a mic right in front of their face. You know, but for sure, like we could do the first half at NASCAR still, but just like have it set up and we're, we're introducing it. And then the second half we open up to the OG mic and have everybody that's there who wants to participate, which in the past it's been a lot. I think, um, the last time we were at NASCAR, we had like 20 people, everybody or 18 people in the, on the podcast. There was like maybe a couple that didn't join in, but other, yeah, basically the whole camp site did it, you know, not everybody at the campsite at the campground. No. Yeah. Tree farm was uh, full of different parties. There weren't, uh, we could, we could bring up a random person this time, though. Yeah, yeah, that'd just, be kind of fun. Just ask, you know that the bar that's like diagonal what are from your us. Thoughts on aliens? Exactly the the one that's a diagonal from us that they actually set up a legitimate bar. This is Nathan. You'll be looking forward to seeing this. Hopefully they're there. They bring, they pull out all the stops, with all with their bar. They actually bring out full like a full blown bar and they pound it into the ground because they're out there Monday to Monday. And it would, they have a full tent and everything. It's like being at a, at a bar. Pros. And um, so setting up there, just being like, hey, do you guys mind if we like clamp our mics to your, yeah, <laughs> to your bar? Yeah. And, and just interview anybody one of those that comes guys. up to get a beer, you just start strike up conversation with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that, ma'am? <laughs> it's my mole. And you're having a good time in NASCAR. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Moving on. <laughs> but no, the. Uh, <laughs> the event-based uh, recordings are always fun. If we could get a vendor tent at the after party, could do we do we know enough people, or do you? I should say, do you know enough people? Well, I wonder if we can get in the Bissell Celebration Zone. I'm just saying, somewhere in the after party, yeah, it could be. We, or, or will there be an after party? That is a question. Who knows? But I hope there is in some we form. Just, there better. We be. could talk to Bob and say, "Hey, Bob, can you talk to Mark and somehow get us into the." Uh, his area, but we have like a little corner yeah. of that area. Like, yeah. but he has everything else. Or like, even at the expo. Yeah. Actually, at the expo would be kind of fun. It would be fun. We could do both. First half of the expo. Recording at the expo. First half at the expo. Second half post race. I wonder yeah. how much a table or a spot costs at the expo. That's where probably, we got a text Cody. Like, that that could be really good if we had that at the expo. I mean, there's so yeah. much exposure. That we should actually like and record maybe the whole thing. That. We could record there at the expo because like the Fondo does it. I know that they have like money, money and stuff. <laughs> I know <laughs> they've got money, uh, which we don't have. But if it was, if we could like talk somebody into letting us do that, that would be really cool at the expo. I wonder if Floyd Zaledville will be back anytime soon because they were there a couple of years yeah, ago, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they uh, which. That's also somebody I need to reach out to here. Uh, our uh, our friends at Floyd's got to reach out to them and say hey and see uh, if we get another 
little care package coming up here for the spring. Yeah, for, for the, the first week of Grattan. Yeah, definitely. They they are a great partner. Floyd's of Leadville, for those that don't know, produce super super high quality uh, CBD products. So they produce like uh, tinctures. Hydra- tinctures and hydration fuel for your water bottle when you you're guys want some out. right now. Gummies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can break it out. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be really good. They make coffee with CBD in it, um, and it's it's obvious it's it's an oil that really just helps you recover. Really, that's their motto: is relax and recover. So, you take the uh, hydration fuel while you're working out, and you find that you recover a lot faster. You're not as sore. They have uh, sports creams and all that. So, big shout out to them. It's been a little while since we've talked about Floyd's of Leadville. What do we got here, um, But they You've been yeah, snacking on these big boy. The gel oh, I do all the time, man. Two a day. Get some CBD in me. CBD two a day. Ooh, you feel good. Candy. You feel good. What do we got? Ooh, cola. I'm gonna go cola. What are you gonna go? Cotton candy, uh, cola. I'll go cola. This is For this the is CBD the gems. official fuel of uh, the iron or yeah underground man. Excuse me. It was. If iron you recall, man. <clears throat> back in uh, October, we hosted a uh, a mountain biking event, so to speak, at our local trail that we maintain or help maintain, and. Um, we mm. did not. Those are good. Those are very good. Yeah, we did not quite prepare uh, for what 31 laps of the underground would really do to our our bodies, and uh, I definitely did not uh, prepare as far as hydration. Well, hydration I was fine, but like fuel, I did not. I it was I did not. And so I ended up eating um, a couple of CBD gems because that's all we had, and they you know it's a little it's like a little piece of candy. So you that was a little up to bit the of sugar. Party like. Six hours later, after your five-hour nap, yeah, oh. <laughs> and you were a zombie I mean, when you showed up. Too. I was there. I know I was there the whole time. Physically, I was just he was present, zombie. but he wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> I was out of it. Yeah, that that really that uh, that that was an epic epic day. Mm-hmm. It really was because you mix in the cores light that we were chugging. Um, I mean, honestly, that and got whiskey. Me and whiskey and all that, like you, you, you factor that into, and on that's like that is a not an easy like you can't just rest for a while on that trail. Yeah, it's it's um, all almost like you're going all the time. It's not always red line yeah. like all out, but you, there are times where you are. You, there's not a lot of places to recover, no. and we didn't bring snacks. But wouldn't it be cool, <laughs> like getting back to Floyd's? You know, Floyd's of Leadville, um, a good partner of ours. They were at Iceman as an expo. They actually had a really big table that they year. They did, yeah. And yeah. Um, to be like right next to them would be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah, it'd be a blast. So, so I wonder. We'll have to get brainstorming. <laughs> we probably on take that. coffee breaks at the same time. One <laughs> of us actually probably shouldn't race then, if that's going to be the case. Because I mean, I'll just man our tent. I mean, I won't. <laughs> I'm, I'll volunteer. I don't want to. <laughs> I won't race. I'll I mean, just volunteer and I'll uh, I'll man the tent the whole day while at the finish line. We need somebody in the pro race so that they can man it in the morning, and then everybody that does the afternoon race. Well, can you man you, it. If if we want, all race. you would want because people are going to be there all day, basically. That's you know? what I mean. Like, but if we got one guy there in the morning, if we did the tent, if we all, if you were, if you guys were wave one or like if we're, like I was wave four last year, whatever, you know, like we're all in the first five, we're all going to. Oh finish. yeah, that's that's true. Even if you're wave one. If it's we're at the finish, ten minutes or yeah, 30, I mean, maybe at, thirty minutes later. E- even if you come in three hundredth place, like nobody's really hanging out there until like you know you go get showered and come back. Yeah, and yeah. Start so that's all the other that'd be the come in. that'd be the plan. So yeah. I think we could do it. I mean, the expo we'd have a few beers while we're there, but nothing crazy. And then uh, that nah, would be the first half. I wouldn't put it past us. Wouldn't put it past us either. 
Um, but I would, I think I'd still race the next day, even if I had to just cruise. Um, and then we would, yeah, as you, as you say, you know, shower up, get cleaned up. And then if we had a little spot for a tent, that would be a dream. I mean, it would be so fun to do that. I don't know why it's the, this is the first time we're all thinking of it, but it would be really cool. And it's still well enough in advance, I think. Oh yeah. We could, we could definitely, we would just need to figure out how much it would be to, if, if we actually wanted to do the expo, it, we'd have to actually see what it would take to get into that. Cause I'm sure that's packed at this point in time. I'm sure they, they might have that th- whole thing booked up if we were going to do that. But yeah. I think I remember last or two years ago when we raced it though, they uh, had like a hand drawn sketch of the uh, different booths. So if you were a guest yeah. going to the expo, you could see where if, Oh, I want to go to the SRAM tent or wherever Floyd's tent. Um, I know where to go. And I remember they drew out every booth, even the ones that weren't occupied. And there were quite a few that oh, okay. were open. Um, so, cause like right where, you know, right when you walk into that big expo center or expo room, there's like the, usually it's like cliff bar is like right there Yeah. and they have like their little samples and stuff. All those, um, to the right of them around that corner, it's all, those are all spots. I noticed we should do, just do the podcast right there then at the expo Everyone's and then have people just walk up and we could talk to random people and they yeah. walk up and we give them a koozie and. Even like a little little boy. Here, here, use this koozie for your Coca-Cola, boy. Yeah, use this for your Coca-Cola. Yeah. It would be a good time. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, we'll have to see about... I think we... I don't know. We could make it happen. For sure. I feel like we really could. If you have something like koozies to hand out at an event like that, you could go through 5,000 of those things. Yeah. Like people would just be like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll take a koozie. Because when you're walking through the expo, there are certain tents that are like little shops. There are certain tents that are just like they're giving away like samples of their food. But then there's certain tents that are giving away swag. Yeah. And you go to those tents. Yeah. The yeah. Bells one is always great. Pencils. We could do pencils too. <laughs> Here, here's a like like Here a, you go, Junior. <laughs> yeah, like a, a, an unsharpened pencil, like an actual wood pencil. <laughs> it's just <laughs> here you here you go. <laughs> yeah. It says <laughs> it's the worst and it, idea ever. And it's not even it's, it's not even it's not even an Eclipse on Tap custom pencil. It's, it's just, just, it just like says, a blue or no, an orange pencil. And it says on the side, it says you're a star. <laughs> <laughs> Something number like that. Number two pencil. And then our, our no, bat. it's like a number four, so it's not even good for taking tests. We, do, <laughs> we and we don't even have like a custom bag to put it in, like a like a like a little gift bag. It's just a Here thank you, you grocery sport. bag, like an actual grocery <laughs> bag. It just says thank you on it. Just bags from Meyer. <laughs> no, we could talk to Brett too about making. Um, that actually brings up a good point. Bags for the swag. That, I mean, that yeah. you could probably print on those easily. Oh, and yeah, you could really get a bunch like of those them. Backpack style bag. Yeah, like, like the drawstring little, backpack or whatever. Yeah, the little um, pull, pull string yeah. ones. Or or like the kind that they use at the grocery store now, like the knit kind of, you know, mm-hmm. shopping. The reusable bags. Yeah, yeah. Those would be cool. Um, and then we could chuck a koozie in there. Um, maybe a maybe a hat. I don't know, like a trucker, yeah. cheap trucker. You'd hat. Have, you might have to. So, bottom eat. line is, kids who are racing start thinking about what you're going to say when you walk up to the EOT Expo or recording, because it better be valuable enough that we give you one of our swag bags. And we'll we'll <laughs> it'll be like a fucking carnival. Be like, step right up, try to hit the hit the boy in the tank, and just like this dude sitting on the in the water tank, rented old tank. balls, and if you and old, old balls, it'll be our our guy that uh, sits there with the, his Eclipse on Tap T-shirt on. You have to hit him in the water tank. 
Can you imagine? And then though, if you do, you get a hat after we, that. Yeah, then yeah, you get the that's hat. That's the hat. Yeah. If we actually, you get a, if we got a spot and we pulled all this off, we would be the most popular. Oh my god! Yeah. Tent at at the expo. If we, we couldn't do the water tank inside. You could rent one though. I bet you could. Yeah, you can rent one. I bet you could. You think they'd let you do that in the expo room? Oh, I'm sure you probably we can make it happen. We could pull some strings. We could make it happen. Yeah. Can you imagine, though? Like every, Step right up. Try every, to hit old balls in the tank. Everyone else is trying to be serious about their, like, new... News like zip carbon wheels or the new SRAM drive train, and we're just like dunk tanking. <laughs> like, nobody wants to go to any of those tents. They're just hanging out drinking beer at ours for the dunk tank and the free swag. Yeah, we get a cooler full of ecliptic beer. We could get them to help sponsor that. We'd have to pay old balls a lot of money to do that. <laughs> we'd, no, we'd have to. We it, could we could do it as like a fundraiser, th- yeah. not for us, but like like get a, a cause or whatever. Like, hey, you know, you pitch in your five bucks and mm-hmm. and you get a handful of balls to throw at and, and get guys like frankie to do it sit on the tank because it's a you know a cause for we could whatever do it, for, it is we, like well we could know, do it for cancer or, cancer yeah, research you know. or we could do it yeah. for pedals uh, yeah yeah we could yeah, do it pedals. for that yeah. yeah that'd be great Perfect cause like yeah. so you, you for pitch, als and then research. everybody's like all right i'll pitch in five bucks throw a couple of balls at old balls or jeremiah or whoever we actually jeremiah might, jeremiah might be the best candidate for the tank because he'd smack talk everybody throwing at him yeah, yeah. Some ideas. Or we'd have to, I mean, he couldn't do that all day, so we'd have to have a swap for either Haas or Old Balls. We'd have to swap out for Jeremiah. No, I think I think we're on to something, honestly. Like, I think you could get, got, you know, former winners like Alexi or, or Brian Motter or whatever. Like, I'll sit on the dunk tank. You can, you know, if it's raising money for ALS or mm-hmm. whatever else. Like, yeah. And it, and it, you know, at the same time, selfishly, it's like everybody's hanging out at the EOT tent. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be cool. It'd be cool to do something like that, even if it's not at Iceman 2, but, like, in the future. Yeah. Like, even at... Um, at the next eclipse, we set up That's what that I was... Yeah, we're yeah. On, they, Nathan and I are on the same wave, because I was going to say, we set up a tent at the next eclipse, and we just do exactly what we're describing. You have a live podcast recording. People are going to come up. We have the scope right there, pointing at the sun. Dunk tank. Dunk tank. And a uh, cooler full of ecliptic Start beer. Start Googling it right now. San Antonio dunk tank rental. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just this rusty, crappy thing. But just this, <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like a kiddie pool, like a plastic one from Walmart, and just like a folding chair, and you just <laughs> toss the guy off the folding chair. That's our dunk tank. But no, to get Step like... Right up. To get ecliptic, I think ecliptic would be so down to partner for uh, for the eclipse like that. And like maybe provide some libations that would be super gracious of them, but to like have our partners involved and then like get a cause like pedals, yeah. ALS research. Hell, get Floyd up on the dunk tank. We're so close too. It's 2021. Think about that. That's what we're, I'm saying. We're, we're we getting got so, so close. We need to, to this. start talking about it right now. I yeah, mean, just yeah. the other day, uh, literally yesterday, actually, April 8th was just that was the, the exactly three years before the uh, the big event. So yeah, yeah, it's uh. That would be I a did, lot of fun to do. I saw that flash up on my Twitter. I think you retweeted it. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National Eclipse uh, is a good Twitter handle. Uh, or I got to look up the exact handle. But I think it's, yeah, National Eclipse. I think it is, yeah. They uh, do a really good job of, um, their their Twitter is fairly like, it's, it's just facts. You know, they're just sh- shouting out like maps and stuff. And here's the next annular. Here's the next lunar. But I, I actually lean on them um, to help provide that information. You know, like just to keep track of it all because there's a lot that goes on and uh so they 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 posted that and i it, it kind of came to me too i'm looking at my watch like oh yeah it's april 8th 
Yeah, and we recently <laughs> there was recently a uh, annular eclipse as well. There was. Yep. And there is one uh, as we discussed last episode in 2023 coming down the exact opposite direction of the total solar in 2024. Um, but it will cross in the San Antonio area as far as the paths. That'd be pretty cool to see as well. Yeah. But but to do to the do one thing a, a I like expo, about yeah about the uh, that um, Twitter that you're talking about that what was it again? I think it's uh, I'll I'll look it up while 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 you're yeah. describing it. But the one thing I like is when they talk about them, they always give a map of totality. Yeah. Or you know best viewing or whatever. It, it's like when I see that, it's like okay. Here are the things I could think about. And actually, I was thinking the other day, you know, with the anniversary coming up, it's been really sunny here. I mean, we, we potentially, if it's going to be pretty cloud-free, you could go northern New York and catch the 2024. I mean, it's not going to yeah. be the, the length of totality, but if if we had a good spring like we've been having, you could you could probably see it a lot closer than we're talking about. You could. The only fear is like, what if you get a day like today where it's right. like in yeah. and out, like there were yeah. certain periods of sun and, and that it, with San Antonio, you almost are, you're pretty much guaranteed blue, right? Yeah. yeah. Blue skies. You, you, you kind of have to sort of like with the, the plans that we had, um, obviously, you know, we honestly, like three years in advance of the 2017 eclipse, we started talking about where we would go, and that was like the Kentucky area because we thought, okay, obviously August, it's going to be, you know, you can pretty much bank on decent weather down there, and that's going to be the the longest um, period of totality. That's yeah. what we kind of thought too. So you kind of have to. I, th- I, th- I think this one's going to line up perfectly with the length of totality is going to be down in the Texas area. Yeah, uh, and also the the weather conditions are going to be more favorable down there. It'll be cool if it is clear. If it is a beautiful day, like we've had a couple of beautiful days here recently. If it is that way here, it'll be great too. I mean, uh, all of our all my buddies in Indianapolis are going to be able to witness that too. It's yeah. going to be right in the th- right literally through Indianapolis as well. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, but, I think that's that's like a good a good sentiment is if you're in one of those areas, Indianapolis, Toledo, Syracuse, New York, northern parts of New Hampshire, or, you know, middle parts of Maine, if you're up in there and you live nearby, like absolutely go check it out. Just you could walk out your backyard or even if you live like in Michigan, go drive down to Toledo for sure. You can make that it doesn't always have to be a long trip. You're going to potentially have some clouds, but even with clouds you're going to you're going to experience totality where it just goes nighttime. Yeah, for sure. So, so definitely make that trip. If you're a true eclipse chaser, that's when you're making the trip. You're, you're taking into, if you're, you're taking into account everything, right? Yeah. So you're going down to Arkansas, Texas, et cetera, Southern Missouri. So, um, just keep that in mind though. If you're someone that's, you know, not willing to make a lot of travel, like you can still, this is a great opportunity in 2024 for yeah. folks in our area like here in the Midwest to be able to see it. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. it was not possible in the 2017. It went the other direction. And if I live in Indianapolis, if I live in that, that path of totality right now, I'm like, I'm sure the local astronomy clubs and all that are really excited and are, are amping up for it this far out. But, um, I'd be interested to see in like a, a city like that. Um, if there's any, you know, PR going on this far out for the eclipse, because that's Indy's a friend. Indy's a out from we, we could, we could, but I, I haven't heard much from. He, he's been uh, traveling recently, so I don't know. But it'd be interested to see 
you know, with Hopkinsville, they, they was they nicknamed it Eclipseville because of the whole thing, and they put right. permanent signs up, city signs or town signs up for the the whole eclipse. So I'd be interested to see if Indianapolis or like a, you know any of the big cities in the path of, total, of totality this far out. I'm sure there's stuff behind the scenes going on in preparation for it, um, but it almost I, I think a lot of the amp will like the big hype will be. Um, like right beforehand, really. I mean, yeah. nationally, people won't, won't really understand or pay attention to it. People who don't really generally listen to podcasts, uh, like space podcasts or anything like that, or like follow space stuff, aren't going to be that aware of it, you know, until yeah, right beforehand. It's like mainstream media might pick it up like two, why we're here. two or three months before it actually happens. But then it's probably at that point for sure going to be too late to get a spot in a hotel in an area in the path. I mean, it's, it is serious. Like you, you definitely need to plan. So if you are in an area where you're in the path of totality, um, don't take it for granted, you know, get outside that day on your back patio or your back deck and look up. But if you're not in the path of totality, make the plans now, just start kind of jotting things down, getting an idea of uh, how much travel you would be willing to take. If you are like in Michigan per se, we're going to probably commit to going to Texas, which is going to be a big deal. If you're willing to commit to that, then great. If not, find a way to get to Toledo. You know, that's yeah. an easy drive. Even you don't if even you, need to worry about planes yeah. or anything. Even if you live in the path of totality and beforehand, a couple of days beforehand, you see it's going to be overcast. Drive south. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep you know, driving, keep until, driving you south until you know you're going to be in an area where you're going you're to be able to see it in its full totality. Um that's a good yeah. point actually is like even if you are let's say you, you let's say you live in Grand Rapids and you're going to decide to drive to let you know Indianapolis maybe Toledo somewhere in the path that's it's a it's going to be a decent drive you know two to five hours maybe even four, you know, two to yeah Toledo's four hours from here so you're talking a decent drive but get there and get there early yeah and so that way you can make the move because when we can say from experience in 2017 we got there bright and early way in advance of even the partial beginning like many hours in advance um and so if something were to have occurred there like a pop-up cloud or something we could just drive away and there were people they probably got really lucky doing it but they were in rvs pulling up like literally i would say less than 10 minutes before the totality oh yeah remember that they were just pulling into the grass they got out they looked at it and then they left They, they were just on their merry way but they got really lucky. So, yeah. so don't be that person, get there in advance, be able to stay fluid, look at the weather a week before, you yeah, know, absolutely. Check so, it out. Make sure. Yeah. It's exciting. I get pumped talking about it. Um, just with, like I said, you know, yesterday being the three year mark away, um, it is going to come really fast, um, come up really fast. And before we know it, we'll be doing our live expo podcast at we'll the, be uh, sunbathing in an eclipse. Yeah. Sunbathing. Getting the moon's moon aura. Bathing, moon bathing in the eclipse, I guess you would say. Moon shadow bathing. Mm-hmm. In the umbra. In the umbra. It sounds erotic. <laughs> it is. It actually is quite erotic. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I will say it was a... Uh, 2017 was quite erotic, but... <laughs> Had a boner for four days. I've never seen that. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, there is something like about it though that is weird like it's just this it's it's like you, you you've never your eyeballs have never perceived what you're seeing yeah, no no yeah and that, so that's when the you best way to put it like you you just you've never w- perceived or witnessed something like that in the middle of the the day 
You yeah. know, that, that's just kind of a, a weird, it's a crazy thing that we get, an, we're fortunate to, uh, we have a, 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 we have a cool moon and it, it happens to <laughs> intercept with and, and eclipse the sun every once in a while. And uh, we we get to experience stuff like that, and that's and here we just, are podcasting away. Well, here we are podcasting, <laughs> and that and that's the point that I wanted to make is that you know we, this is the reason we started the whole thing here at Eclipse on Tap is to prep and get people to pay attention to it. So if you're yeah. in that area, if you're in the path of totality 2024, and you don't know about it yet because mainstream media hasn't made it a big deal yet, listen to us, and you'll find out. You'll Absolutely. know real quick. For sure. And it's one of those things too, where like, and this is a good segue into maybe our next topic talking about aliens um, and, you know, bringing it back full circle to this UFO can that we've been drinking out of from single cut. When you look at the eclipse, granted, you know, what's coming, you know, it's not going to harm you. You, you, there's, there's a lot of data out, out there about eclipses and all that, you know, you're prepared. But when you see it, it's still that uh, feeling of exhilaration that you your eyes have never perceived something like that, almost as if you're looking at, let's say, a UFO, something that you is just mind-blowing. Like You're like, I don't understand how this happens. Like with a UFO, maybe you see your Commander Fravor and you're watching the Tic Tac. You're like, I, how is this thing maneuvering in this way? Um, you get that sense of, obviously in that scenario, more fear. In this one, more exhilaration. But yeah. But yeah, to get it back, it's, it's, it's erotic. That's all you can say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but to, uh, to get to the alien topic, the UFO topic. Yes. Um, Nathan, do you want to, I think I you were the one that down. scouted this one. Where is it? The sphere was one of the sphere, the acorn and what was the, oh, yeah. the sphere, the acorn and the right. <clears throat> mystery objects remain unidentified. Uh, new photographs obtained by Mystery Wire show different shaped objects. One is an acorn. One is a. Um, it almost looks like a metallic blimp, mm-hmm. and then the other one's like an orb or a sphere, s- spherical. Oh, yeah, they were calling. Thing. Yeah, the, the Th- metallic that one blimp. didn't have as good of photos of it. Right, but like the blimp, and then the acorn-shaped one had had probably the clearer of any of the videos for sure. But they were they were saying that these were photographed off the east coast, um, by I think it's Air Force or was it yeah Air Force there. or Navy or because okay. Annapolis it, maybe it, it, yeah that's true yeah I don't know hmm. some military planes were out over the water and spotted these things and they were you know basically just hovering in one spot for elongated periods of time the wind didn't seem to affect them. Um, you know, they just floated there and, and the pilots got decent photos on their iPhones, but not like super clear. But, um, you know, there was, you, you know, conspiracy theorists were saying, you know, it's just like a blimp or it's, you know, some type of drone or whatever, Well, they were hovering there for like six hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it was a drone, you would think that it would run out of juice at some point. Right. Six hours is a long time for a drone to, to, sit up there if it's a balloon of any sort the wind's gonna affect it so it's just kind of a mystery right now they're saying they don't know what they were um i wonder if they got a sense for how big they were i don't know because that would tell a lot if they depending on like where they were when they took the photo range wise you know yeah and and then the other thing that's interesting is it being off the east coast 
That is where the uh, infamous uh, gimbal right. UFO was spotted. <laughs> that's the one that was maneuvering in ways. I think it was seemed... in w- within like a hundred miles of that. Area. Yeah, and that's what kind of uh, you know it corroborates with that other evidence of the gimbal. The gimbal was one that was definitely moving around more, but right. it still like it would stop stationary and just float there, no effects from the wind, and then it would flip over and then just like zoom away. Right. And so you wonder is like, I mean, it it really is well, interesting, interesting to think about. Yeah. yeah. The other interesting part about this is all of these videos that have been released recently have been focused around some type of naval or you know military base where it's like okay are they monitoring us and our weapons if it is in fact a ufo are they monitoring these areas because they know that we have warheads in them and you know could do damage with that area like why is it that now you know the most recent videos that have at least made the news have all been military based yeah it's just interesting that that it would be that way. And well, if, if you go back, I'm sorry to keep rambling, but if you go back to area 51 and you know, that area is where we were setting off nukes when we were testing nukes. Like why is that then a crash site? You know, is it that they were monitoring to see if we had that technology again, if in fact it is well, artificial life, yeah, or, you know, artificial intelligence, aliens, whatever. Or it, like uh, the, the theory that, um, I think Nathan, were you talking about it a few episodes ago? Maybe somebody who was like on the cusp of of dying, really, and they were like in and out. And the one thing they remembered was like some sort of vision of like a uh, something to say, like protect mother, or it was somebody who got like no, abducted. Or... No, it was the um, kids at that South African school. Okay, <clears throat> and they all they you know claimed to have seen a an alien craft land and and people beings or whatever came out of it and were walking around <clears throat> and these were all like i think at the time they were like eight years old six years old in that range mm-hmm. like young kids and they had them back after you know i don't know if it's been 15 20 years or whatever and they all s- recalled the same thing as like they didn't communicate with us they didn't give us any type of signal but when they left we all had this overwhelming feeling of take care of earth yeah, and and that's like what I'm think if if that sort sort of kind of convalesces with what the what we've seen evidence-wise for UFOs being so closely at least viewed from military areas. Yeah. Maybe they are looking at that as like okay, we're those are obviously threats to other you know other aspects of humanity or they've seen what it, you know, nuclear war can do to other planets and like there's been civilizations lost because of Yeah. just, you know, they're hundreds the good guy. That's, of yeah. nukes. That's like the good guy alien uh, theory. Like that right. they're here to like try to stop what they've seen in the past, or they're they're you know, I don't know. They, and that, they, yeah. that kind of plays into Fravor's, um, you know, his whole story with with chasing this thing, and they, like they can't get it on radar. It jam- jams their radar, which is an act of war technically. Yeah. Um, but it, it basically neutralizes and and we've heard that from military bases where all of a sudden coinciding with some sighting of uh you know ufo their nukes go down or like all of their warheads like their their computer system crashes or something like that yeah. you know coincides with seeing the thing yeah it's maybe like, it's... is that what they're here for it is 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 to make sure that we don't go fools on each other and, and nuke each other. You They're know? a bunch of hippie yeah. aliens just right. saying, peace, yeah. man. Yeah. Come on, peace, not war, bro. 
Well, one of the things that I, I find interesting is that the most, um, I guess, legitimate sightings that have come out from like the military um, have been over water. Uh, and so you kind of wonder, okay, well, what's going on over water that far out in the middle of the ocean? And that more, I mean, most, you know, other than, other than the uh, military, who's out there monitoring the waters? You know, so, I mean, like common, like everyday folk. Pirates. Uh, everyday folk <laughs> like you and I, just we, we're not paying attention to that kind of stuff. And like, so the, the only people that are out there, like you wonder why, okay, why are all these sightings happening over the water? And what has what happens to be like something about the water that it that corresponds with all these or, you know, is, is I guess a prevalent thing with these sightings. But the other thing is, you know, you could, it could be somebody in the, U or in the, uh, in any country really could have like a technology that we don't have yet. And it could be something weird where there's another country that has something that, is capable of this that we don't know that the, our government doesn't know about. And I, I, it could be, you have to just raise all those questions. You don't really know. I mean, it, we it, got moles everywhere. Yeah. It could be, it could <laughs> yeah, be something I mean, like that where it could actually be just a, another country spying. It could be some kind of other technology we don't know about that uh, somebody else has. Um, and maybe the United States, maybe the our, the government knows about it. Maybe the military knows about it, but, they're you know playing dumb like oh we don't know what this is because it's all over the internet anyway so let's act like we don't know what it is so yeah there's a lot of like trains of thought you can kind of take on like that's like more of a like the realist perspective like we're seeing these unidentified objects but realistically they cannot be from like outer space like this has to be something that maybe another another uh i don't know my argument to that though is like i'm not saying i agree with it by the way yeah yeah Yeah. no i I'm just giving my argument against that is yeah. like if they knew it was something that China developed or Russia developed, you know, one of our, you know, non-allies, if they knew it was something that came from there, why would they tell the American public about it? True. You know? Yeah. You, you don't, yeah. yeah you, it's if, almost to the point where like they've pretty much fully admitted that they don't know what it right. is. So, and that's and a big it, step. Yeah. You know, that that's a big matter of, I, I don't know if you call it national security or, or just like unrest within the public of like admitting that you don't know what it is. We don't know if it's from China. We don't know if it's from another, you know, solar system. Yeah. It, it we, we don't know what it is. And, and that is a big step for our military, for national security, for, you know, I think people would be more, uneasy about it if it was if it was known that it was from china yeah oh yeah you know that i guess that's the point i'm trying to no make. for sure yeah like, absolutely oh, man, china's yeah. got blimps up here that are monitoring us because it would it would have greater effects on your own personal well-being like as a if i knew that that was a if they figured out that those actually were from china mm-hmm. and china had uh or north korea let's say yeah. you know a country that has malicious intentions and uh i i know for a fact that that is from there then even me in, in my own personal life, I'm like, well, shit, like, are we going to like yeah. die soon? Are we going to war? Like, <laughs> yeah. We don't are have we... to worry about pissing off any fans from North Korea because they probably can't listen to this. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's restricted. Um, it's on the dark web in North Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen to these boys. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, 
the idea of it being something man-made, human-made, um, would be much scarier for sure. Um, because with the alien thing, it could also be scary. There's a level of fear there and unknown. But there's also if you're having the if you if you take on more of the optimist's perspective, then you could you could have that good guy alien theory where they oh no they're just here to like you know that Fravor talked about how the tic tac came really close to the uh, surface of the water and it looked like a whale or something. Mm-hmm. It was like inspecting a whale maybe. Maybe they're just here to like look at mother nature and appreciate yeah. it and try to get us from I like ruining to think that it. If, it. I like to think that if we ever traveled to another galaxy, found another inhabited planet, we would come in peace and just be like, we just want to learn about what life here is like. We, you know, we well, don't, we want to learn about what y'all Why would do? we want to nuke you or, you know, especially if you have the capability to get there, you clearly are a superior intelligence, you know, yeah, they're just in their baby steps still. Right. And you're just like, this is crazy. We're just watching these people it's do It's like stepping thing. on ants. Why would we do that? You know? Th- that's an well. interesting thought. Like, just real quick to say, any the probability of an alien coming across you, um, they would be just as mind blown to see you as you would them. Right. Like, they're going right. to be like, oh, damn, we well, found one. Your like, instinct isn't well, to, like, shoot it. Yeah. I wouldn't hope, you know. There's a lot of theories out there that they're already among us. True. But, and the other thing that I, like, uh, recently Elon Musk said something about how he, he flat out doesn't believe in them. He doesn't think that they're around. And if they are, then they're doing a, they're, they're pretty shy if they yeah. are around. Yeah. So like a guy like that saying that, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Because maybe. he's one of them. Or, or could he could be, be one. I think but, he's like he you know. he is a big proponent of simulation theory. Elon is, I think. I mean, he, he he talked about that on Rogan when he was on for the first time and kind of brought that to maybe more of a public eye, whereas previously it was kind of like a conspiracy theory type deal. Yeah. But he's like a big proponent of of that, and so maybe that's what he's talking about. Like, no, no, none of that's real. Like, this is all just sim. We're in a petri dish, and yep, we're in a simulation. Yep, some some higher being got to a level where they no longer they were they had achieved everything possible. So their new thing was to just reset a simulation of what life could be. Man, are we ever fucking it. it up? Damn it! <laughs> we're just recording this podcast. They're like <laughs> the simulation is going so poorly, and the only people who know if there actually was well, they might know if there is something after the simulation. Is uh, people who have died. That's the crazy thing to think about. Yeah. What if? What if, uh, if? If if after you pass through this life, you move on to the the folks that created the simulation, and you just get to uh, operate your own simulation. <laughs> it's like Truman Show. It's like playing The Sims. Yeah. <laughs> or the Good Place. If you've Messing ever seen my that head, show, guys. The Good Place on ABC. Big shot. I think I've shouted out before. If we ever talk metaphysics like this. It is a great show because that's exactly what happens in the show, pretty much. Yeah, is that like when you go to, you you go to the good place, but there's like some people that get to like build a neighborhood, like where maybe a selection of like 500 people that like were good-hearted people they get to go just like live in this paradise neighborhood. There's like everything they could ever want there, and it's just like this beautiful life. But they create that, and it's it's a really it's a comedy, so it's a funny show too. Hmm. But it's well worth watching if you're into you guys metaphysics or philosophy, show, right? I I I no no you didn't I, no Jim Carrey. 
No, no. I, uh-huh. I haven't seen so it either. It It's kind of the same premise where this guy, you should watch it to begin with. It's a really good movie. But this guy, Jim Carrey, is born, and they're doing this reality show about a person from birth through their life. And he doesn't know that he's on a show, but he's within this, like, dome world that that exists like where they have like an ocean and a city and everything, but it's, it's like within a dome that's enclosed and he goes his whole life grows up to be an adult. And he, he starts figuring out that everybody that's in the world with him is an actor Mm -hmm. around him. And he's, he's, so he starts like throwing little wrenches into what his normal routine is just to see if he can catch somebody to like screw up in their role or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, he finally figures out that he's living in this simulation TV show. He doesn't know it's a TV show, but he knows it's like some type of simulation. And he, he starts paddling his boat out into the ocean. And, like, the producers of the show are, like, starting, like, these massive hurricanes in the ocean <laughs> because they can control the weather. They control control everything that is around him. And, uh, yeah, so they're they're trying to scare him into going back to his town and his life and continuing continuing the show and so this this moment where he's going out to do this and 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 realizes that he's in this simulation is the last episode of the the truman show the movie Mm -hmm. title yeah so like then they show all the people that have been watching his whole life on this tv and they're all like crying because he's realizing that his whole life has been a joke basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and he finally gets the end, the wall of the dome and his boat smacks into it. And he realizes that he can open the door. He finds the door, opens the door and that there's a whole other world outside of it. Yeah. No, but anyhow, I wonder if really interesting, I wonder if that show or if that movie uh, was a source of inspiration for the producers of the good place. Cause it is the, it's the same thing in a, in yeah. a sense. They, they layer in some comedic elements. I won't give it away. Um, because I think by stating what I, what I want to say right now would give, give away a lot of the story, but there's a lot of that there, you know, or where these people are making realizations about where they actually, actually are. But, and, and that's our, like, if, if you, if you're someone that wants to believe in the simulation theory, we could be, you could argue getting to a point in our level of human technology and human advancement that we are getting to a point where we are starting to realize there are things that are a little weird, you know, that we, we could start to realize that we are in the simulation and that, that um, would really suck. It would, it would. And, um, and I think based on the theory, I mean, there, there's a couple ways you could think about it, but like if in the simulation, we do get to a point where we all do just nuke each other and just end the face of humanity, then end the simulation. There, there it goes. Well, yeah, um, you, the end of the show. You could actually say that even if you're, you know, religious and you, and you believe that you're, you know, Earth is the only, you know, living habitable planet, uh, in in the universe, really, or, or like it, it, that could be the case. But yeah, it, this could be considered like you could, I guess, quote unquote, say we're in a simulation. If that is the case, even anyway, because mm-hmm. we're we're judged on how we live our lives and all that kind of stuff. So it could be either way. You look yeah. at it a simulation to some degree. Because there's, yeah, as we've stated in the past too, when talking about simulation theory, if we get really deep into it, 
there's something behind the simulation, like controlling it all. Right? Yeah, like, right. And that, and, and that, that, and that, that actually, God, that's what, yeah, that yeah. links back to, you know, traditional religious views or even like in like East Asian religion, they, they, you know, you hear about people talking about like, Oh yeah, I'm on seventh heaven or there wasn't there a show called seventh heaven. Yeah. Like that's an actual, like, I think it's, I don't know if it's Hindu or Buddhism, but they have like, there's like seven layers of heaven. Like, so you go through like these different iterations of what you could argue as like maybe a simulation or an opportunity for you to show yourself as a good person. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird metaphysical thought, um, but something kind of cool, but you're right. Elon is someone who his views on kind of what goes on beyond what we know are unique, you know? Um, and he's always got something to say about it. And he's a very intelligent and unique individual, even on, in humanity's terms, what he's able to accomplish. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, whether it's in the space world or the automotive industry or digging tunnels or, you know, helping para- paraplegics move again, whatever it is, he's very innovative yep. in a way that is almost inhumane. Yeah. Not inhuman. Sorry. <laughs> Not in, in, he, it's, he's blowing stuff up, man. Not, he, probably, he probably blew up a bird. Not inhumane. I, that was the wrong term. That, that makes it sound like, oh yeah, he's like putting these Neuralink things to like make the paraplegics yeah. worse. Uh, we know what you meant, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like non-human. Non-human. <laughs> he. What if it's a? What if it's a big scheme to make humans into like almost like robots? AI like robots. Like it's like iRobot. It could be. You never know. You never I, know. Yeah. I mean... If we're can, in a simulation, any, anything could happen. Really. And he just happens to have a better grasp on the simulation well, he, than we he, do. He actually talks about that's his fear of it, is like you end up with something that's not human when you start doing this. You know, he's like, yes, I want to develop it, but at the same time, it scares the shit out of me because then if it is like a commodity or a, a public thing where you know, are you wired or are you not wired, mm-hmm. you know, chipped or whatever yeah. they call it. Near linked. Yeah. Are you linked or not? Like you're, you're not really a human anymore. You're like a different species. Yeah. You're an Android of sorts. Right. And, uh, yeah, that he's getting Starlink out there. Those are, maybe those are all producing wireless LTE for Neuralink. For Neuralink. Yeah. I, you never know. You could, you could come up with all sorts of theories about um the intentions of what he's what he's innovating i think i think he is a good-hearted individual that wants to solve problems but but it is a you always have that opportunity to ask the question and be like oh, I'm, what, what's actually what why is he really doing starlink is he truly yeah. um trying to provide you know advanced interface web interfaces for countries that have never had it like in africa or in places that you normally cannot just physically get internet or is there something something else up his something else sleeve hmm but i trust him i think i do (laughs) i don't think i do i do yeah yeah i do elon is i think elon's a a good dude Yeah. yeah yeah there is a tesla dealership that just opened up in grand rapids speaking of elon True. Oh yeah. True. 29th. Yeah. Tesla. On the way to our uh, friends at Broadleaf, you can stop at Tesla. Yeah. Pick up a, a new car. It's a cool looking dealership they've yeah. got there. It's a nice, uh, a nice spot. But, but yeah, Elon is uh, an interesting and very innovative person who has a lot of ideas that are maybe not as uh, easily, you know, thought of by by just normal people like us. <laughs> 
so we can piggyback off his ideas like the simulation theory for example mm-hmm. and uh i don't know can kind of get deep into it it's but i think it, it is. is it is absolutely it's a wormhole rabbit hole whatever you want to call it it uh you can get down it and it's one of those those feelings where you're thinking about it as you're falling asleep and you can't fall asleep you're it's it's almost a restless feeling yeah um but it, there's a, it's like a mix of exciting and fearful and just the unknown what's yep. what's beyond yep and here we are talking about it around a table getting uh getting a couple of beers in and we're gonna go ride our bikes tomorrow and forget about it yeah and move on to the next yeah it's it's yeah there's there's waves of it you know you you get thinking about it a lot um and then you kind of get back to your daily life and that's just all part of it but is the i think the uh, ufo beer is dry right we are dry yeah drier than a popcorn fart we sure are so uh we'll uh, go ahead and wrap it up for episode 43 thank you for tuning in if you want to give us a shout out or follow us on social you can uh, follow us on instagram and twitter at eclipse on tap we also have our facebook page if you search eclipse on tap and last the uh, website eclipse on tap dot space where you can learn more about the podcast and also listen to episodes so tune in there and um yeah give us give us a, a like if or a review on uh, apple Podcasts if you if you like what we're doing or you think it's funny or <laughs> look for us look for us at your next county fair yeah <laughs> we'll be there we'll have a dunk tank We'll be setting up our carnival. Jeremiah will be in the tank. Yeah, hopefully, that would be uh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Weddings, <laughs> graduation parties. I mean, it's getting to graduation wedding uh, season. Is the water a little cold, Jeremiah? <laughs> Send us an email to eclipseontap at gmail dot com if you want to book our carnival show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd be happy to make your next event I'll special. I'll be barking for the yak woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but it was a great episode, episode 43. We'll be back with you in the month of May with hopefully some even warmer weather for episode 44. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.